everyone. Welcome to SFU Made Ready for Everything, the podcast. I'm Sarah Ross. And I'm John Crimble. Today's episode is a dialogue around racial injustice in our country and the very important Rock the Vote initiative. We will be joined by head women's basketball coach Keela Whittington, men's basketball student athlete Ty Stewart, and head men's basketball coach Rob Crimble. We will have a chance to learn about the journey of our guests, Hear Coach Whittington's thoughts on a speech given by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in the 60s that still resonates today. Ty will share about his experiences at some of the protests in Baltimore and DC, and we will hear from all of our guests on the importance of the Rock the Boat Initiative. Are you ready? Let's go. Ty, Rob, thank you for joining us on today's podcast. We're glad to have you. Um, excited to, to chat with you. Uh, real quick, if both of you could take a few minutes to, to tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves, kind of give a background of your journey um, here to St. Francis, but include things you know about you know, the sport, um, Ty, that you play and, and coach the one that, uh, that you coach here at St. Francis, maybe some of your experiences, uh, family, work experiences, community experiences, uh, but let our listeners know a little bit more about you. Um, yeah, uh, thank you. Um, uh, my name's uh, Ty Stewart. I am a rising, a um, redshirt junior. Uh, I'm from Silver Spring, Maryland, uh, which is in the DMV area. Um, uh, I come to St. Francis, transferring from Binghamton University. Ty, thanks so much. Uh, Rob, let's kick it over to you. My turn. A little bit about how I got to St. Francis. Uh, full disclosure, my first trip up here uh, after my junior year. Um, with my dad for an unofficial visit, I drove down the mountain and, you know, told my dad, I didn't really want to go to a school like St. Francis. In my eyes, it was, you know, college was big campuses, big football, and what I was used to growing up in state college. But uh, a few months later, I came up on my official visit. Uh, Tom McConnell was the head coach at the time. And, and uh, now his uh, son, Luke, is our director of operations and uh, was hosted by Tom Fox. Uh, during my official visit, came home and uh, after the official visit, told my dad I wanted to commit and uh, go to St. Francis. Went, played here for four years and uh, had the opportunity to uh, get a degree here and, and play some uh, Division One basketball. Met my wife and uh, haven't left since. Was an assistant coach uh, right after playing. Uh, during that time, early on, I got a master's degree and then uh, continued on as an assistant. And, uh, just finished my eighth year as the head coach. Never in uh, a million years, you know, especially after my first visit to campus, that I think I would spend over half my life in Loretto to this point. But it's a special place, and uh, you know, certainly the opportunity to be a basketball coach and impact. Young, uh, young people's lives has been very rewarding, uh, both on and off the court. Have uh, two, two boys, 10 and eight, both actively involved in, in sport. Uh, right now in the middle of baseball season and basketball is about to pick up again. Uh, my wife's a physical therapist, a drag physical therapy, and certainly uh, you know, St. Francis is a place that, that we call home and, and looking forward to talking to you guys about uh, some important issues that are going on uh, here locally and, and across the country. Perfect. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Ty. 
We want to dive into the main topic of our discussion today. So uh, we're calling today's podcast, It Takes More Than a Hashtag, a uh, discussion about racial injustice and the Rock the Vote campaign. Uh, Ty, I know that um, in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, um, you've joined in on some of the protests that have broken out, um, not only across the country, but now around the world. Um, I was wondering if you could talk us through some of your experiences there. Um, yeah, um, all of my experiences have been extremely positive. Um, so far, I've been to um, three uh, three protests that I've actively been involved in. Um, one in Baltimore, two in D.C. Um, and I think it's it's been really interesting because, as people know, D.C. and Baltimore have been um, large cities for protests and uh, just historically. And when I've been there, it's been nothing but peaceful. It's um, it's been a lot different than what's been portrayed on the news. Um, it's been very inclusive protests. People from all different all different races. Um, and it's just it's just been a beautiful sight, honestly. It's it's been very powerful. Uh, it's been a very emotional, touching. You got people out there that are angry, people out there that are hurt. But despite what they're feeling, everybody's coming together for for um, a good cause and coming together for justice and peace. So I just well, I've been going out there. I've just been soaking it up. I've been actively protesting. I've been chanting. You know, one's out there trying to be cool. You know, what I'm saying everyone's everyone's out there getting what they need to get off off their chest so everyone it's been very inclusive like i said and uh it's been a it's been an eye-open experience i've never been a part of anything like this in my life it's obviously a very polarizing time in in america and uh, around the world and i just wanted to make sure as a young as young black man it's i think it's important for me to be be a part of history you know what i'm saying like we see this type of stuff hopping in the history books and you never gonna really get that real experience unless you go there and really like immerse yourself in that in that environment. So that's what I've been trying to do. I've, I plan on going to more more protests. Um, and until we see until we see real change, people are not gonna are not gonna back down off the protest. And I think that's, I I agree with that. And I think it's a, a we're heading in the right direction as a as a people and as a country. It's inspiring to hear you speak so positively of those experiences. I think that. Sometimes the media um, puts up some negative images of sometimes when those protests um, turn a little bit and it takes away from the true impact that everyone's making out there. Uh, so I thank you for going out there and, and taking time to make an impact and, and making sure that your voice and the voice of so many are heard. Uh, could you, going on with that a little bit, tell us why it's so important for you to be out there and uh, what impacts you're hoping to make while um, you you know out there exercising your right to protest? Yeah, for sure. Um, so you speak about impact. I think a lot of people, um, honestly, me myself at first, uh, just thought, you know, what can I do? What can I do? I'm just one person. Um, I can't. I can't impact change. But I think that's that's just such a that's such a tired mentality to have, honestly. Like, if, if everybody had that, that mindset, nobody would, nobody, there would be no change because nobody would be able to impact it. So just, honestly, just going out there is impacting change just because everyone's coming out there. It's strength in numbers. 
So that's what I feel like I could, how I could impact it, um, impact change, just by going out there and protesting, learning, uh, interacting with people that, and talking and having conversations with people that are like-minded and also who are unexposed to um, maybe the um, injustices that are faced in the, the black community or people who are just unaware of what the Black Lives Matter means. And so just educating them, whether that be at a protest, um, you know what I'm saying, or via social media, I just think it's, it's important for everyone to play their part uh, in some type of way. Um, and that's why, that's why I initially um, started to go out to protest, just wanted to, wanted to be part of history. I wanted to help make a change. And I felt that was important. And I felt pretty much obligated as a, um, I felt pretty much pretty inclined as a, as a young black male to just um, go out there and, and play my part um, and for justice. I think it's really encouraging to hear that even though you are just one person, that being able to go out and join in those gatherings, that um, you feel like you know, that's the, that's a you know a big step in making an impact and hopefully that's enough, you know, when people see the pictures on social media or see the clips on the news, that that's enough to inspire them to go out and join you as well. What is your hope for when we start bringing our student athletes back to campus? I know we're not too far off. You guys will have your summer workouts and classes starting up soon. What is your hope for the environment that SFU can create to make everyone feel safe and feel valued. Um, you know, I mean, especially our student athletes of color. Yeah. Well, Sarah, you know, like St. Francis is, it's, it's, a, it's a great environment. Um, with the small, with the small school, like everybody's going to know each other for the most part, or at least be familiar with each other. So, and also to the fact that St. Francis is largely comprised of, of student athletes. So, when we all get back on campus, I think that we've all had these conversations individually with, on our team. Um, I'd like to see all of us just come together and not just talk about it, but really be about it um, and supporting and supporting the um, our black uh, black student athletes and just supporting each other in general. Um, like I said, everyone pretty much knows each other. It's a friendly environment within, within campus, and then. Just continue to spread positivity. Let's let's talk about let's talk about what the country's going through. Let's talk about what happens on campus. Let's just talk about how to be better and how to support each other. Um, those conversations can be uncomfortable at times, but I think uh, it, it's important to have them. And I think we, as a excuse me, athletic department, um, we've been already taking steps to doing that. So I just just can just continue in that in that trend. And I just, you know, show love, man. Spread, spread love, spread peace, and let's just all just try to come together. I appreciate that message, and I think that it's an important call to to our student athletes that for a while, you know, being uncomfortable is is going to have to be our new comfortable. And you know, learning to have these conversations and um, making sure that everyone's voice is heard, and we're creating space for everyone who who needs it. Uh, Coach, do you have anything uh, to add into um, what your what your hopes are of the environment that we can create here? I think Ty, I mean, he he hit the nail on the head, and in the conversations and the dialogue, it's it's something that needs to continue, um, and hopefully that 
you know, the, the, the dialogue, I think with social media, you know, that's one way to have a voice and, and we all use it. it. It's all used. Some people use it as a news feed. Some people use it as a way to, you know, express thoughts. I also think sometimes the, the social media can create maybe a, uh, a barrier for communication because you really don't know what a person's going through. Um, you know, and assuming because of the posts that they make, you know, good or bad, you know, oh, maybe you think someone has a perfect life, but deep down inside, they have some things that they need to talk about. And, and just like Ty said, we need to continue this conversation and, you know, learn more about each other. I think we need to listen more. I think we need to find ways to get out of our comfort zone and, and talk to people that maybe don't think like us or, you know, that, 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 that um, come from a different background. You know, one of the goals of a Franciscan uh, higher education is, you know, respecting the uniqueness of individual persons. And I, I think that, that that alone, you know, that, that goal of Franciscan education can, can be a, a driving force for dialogue as it relates to racial equality and how we can be better as an institution. You know, the, the guideline is there, you know, and it's certainly following in the, the footsteps of Francis of Assisi. You know, he, there, there are many times where he got into his comfort zone. You know, as, as a Catholic man, he uh, went down to try to build bridges with, with the Sultan and, and with the Muslim community, you know, way back when. And uh, we have Stokes and Twine. I know that story has been talked about, but, you know, again, you have a, a white male and a black male that created a bond, um, you know, that transcended the basketball court. You know, as basketball players and coaches, we, we have the opportunity to be in a, in a very diverse locker room, both, you know, kids of, you know, different backgrounds as it relates to rich and poor or, you know, uh, black and white or kids from different countries and different cultures. You know, th those are all things that, um, you know, are, are a part of, you know, our everyday lives. Uh, I think it's so important for us as a, as a program and me as a coach to maybe get out of my locker room in my comfort zone and, and help help start a dialogue in ways that we can learn more about each other. And, uh, you know, Ty's, uh, I love the word love, you know, and, and him using it, spread the love is, is certainly, uh, you know, uh, a way that we can all, you know, I think, open our, our, our eyes and our hearts to, to hear the stories of, of those that are around us. I think that is a great call back to one of our, you know, founding principles as a university, as a Franciscan university, the emphasis on respecting the uniqueness. Um, you know, there's always a respect on the, in sport, you, we have the utmost respect of the abilities that our student athletes bring and their accomplishments in the classroom, but making sure that we recognize everything that makes them unique and celebrate every part of them. That's a, it's a great call back to, back to our roots for sure. So Rob, sticking with you a little bit here and, and piggybacking off some of the things that you and Ty have talked about, um, you and Ty joined us on, on Monday, uh, Monday evening with some of our student athlete advisory committee members and student athlete mentors. Uh, on a Zoom call um, talking about this very topic. Um, and do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, we, t we talked about the social media aspect of things. We've talked about, you know, the joining of, of protests, um, but the whole Rock the Vote initiative. Um, I know that's something you're very passionate about, Ty's very passionate about, but Rob, if you could kind of give us a little bit of background um, on that and, and the importance of it. Yeah, the, the one thing that, you know, Ty's passion is, you know, we, we hear it in his voice and, you know, I've been fortunate to hear him talk on the topic several times now. I, I wanted to find a way to, 
make sure that that voice could continue to grow. And, you know, at the, at the same time, you know, create a skill set that, you know, both Ty and all the student athletes could benefit from immediately and then for the rest of their lives. But Ty made the, the, the statement earlier about, you know, hey, oh, if you only had the attitude of, oh, I'm just one person, you know, he said, I can't remember exactly what you said, Ty, but, you know, that, that's old and that's outdated. And you're absolutely right. You know, you guys have a voice. We all have a voice. And, you know, I think it's a skill set that not many college students take advantage of, um, either because they don't know or they forget. Um, and, and so for, you know, for me, I, I kind of see the opportunity, you know, with Ty, we were talking about, you know, voting and he wished, understood the process more. I can't remember how it started, but, you know, I said, you know, this is, this is something we can do. This is something we can organize. And I think this is something that will benefit not just Ty or not just the basketball program, but this is a skill set that, that they can carry with them as they leave St. Francis. And as much as we want these kids to be great basketball players and, and great athletes, we want them to be even better people and understand how they can impact change. You know, one way, as, as Ty articulated, is, is to go out and protest. You know, but how can we continue that dialogue um, into November? How can we continue that dialogue then into January or February or next year or a year from now? And yeah, I think a perfect, perfect way is to vote. And it's a civic duty, the civic responsibility of all Americans that we can go out and let our voice be heard. And you know, one of the things that, that I threw out there in that conversation is, and the big one is everybody knows about the presidential elections. You know, 58% of eligible American voters showed up in 2016. Now, that means 42% of us stayed at home and didn't vote. And uh, you know, if, if each person took the, the, the time to register to vote and then go out and actually vote, well, that's, that's a way to impact change. And, and it, well, whatever you're passionate about, you know, and, and, and for Ty to come up and, and want to do this and, and be the person that's the driving force behind not only the basketball program, but, but the athletic program, his voice is going to be heard for, for weeks and months and, and years. And, and that's exciting for me to see. Perfect. And I, and I think it's a great uh, idea in terms of how do we continue the dialogue and um, making sure that it doesn't stop here um, and, and building off of everything, whether it be the protests, the, the things on social media, the, the ability to vote. Um, and that 58% figure is a, a shocking number. Um, you know, when you share that with a group uh, on Monday, uh, I think it uh, resonated with a lot of them. And, and hopefully, you know, we see um, some change in this upcoming election in terms of people just getting out to vote. You know, as you said, whatever um, they want uh, to be heard, you know, exercising that, you know, you know right to vote and, and taking advantage of that. So, Ty, maybe segueing to you a little bit here, you know, why do you see that as an important thing, uh, especially for young adults, the, the Rock the Vote initiative and getting out there um, and voting? You maybe share some of your feelings relative to the, this whole initiative. Um, yeah, so I just think it's, it's really important because, like Coach said, voting affects not just the national level, but the regional level as well, and your, and your more local communities. And that's something that I've been learning about more. Um, it's something that I have previously was not um, too educated on. Um, but I, I need, it's time to change that for me. Um, that's why I wanted to start looking at it. And just, just looking at the social, uh, the social climate of, of America and the race relations and how politics plays a, plays a factor into that. Um, 
I know right now um, in Maryland, there was a lot of a, a redistrict, redistricting of the schools. Um, that, that's been a big problem or a big discussion. Um, and just how all of small things like that play into play into how some communities become become more disenfranchised than others. Um, so I just wanted to address that on a local level. I think that was more important. And the Rock the Vote um, definitely lets you do that. Um, registering in your community uh, as well as nationally to vote and just and not at, and not, not just doing that, but then going, taking that extra step and then actually getting, educating yourself on policies and as well as who you're voting for and then going from there to enable, trying to affect change. That's great. I mean, I think it's important for our listeners to hear and for, for student athletes and young adults to understand that the impact at not just the national level, we talk a lot about the, the national level and the, the presidential election, but I think it's great that you're, you're mentioning those things that can also obviously happen at the, you know, the state level, the county level and, and those types of um, impacts that you can have um, even within your hometowns or, or, or closer to, to home. So uh, thank you very much for, for sharing that with, with the listeners and, um, you know, couldn't be more proud of, of what you're doing and um, what you're going to uh, get rolling here when students arrive back and what you've already started um, with, with all that you're doing to inspire um, so many people. Thank you. Thank you. Coach and Ty, thank you so much for joining us for this discussion. Um, Ty, it is uh, inspiring what you're doing right now, and I hope that um, the St. Francis community, uh, and especially our athletics department, um, is is making you feel heard, and, and we can continue to give you the space to make the impacts that I know you're capable of making. Uh, we are extremely proud of everything you're doing so far, and uh, we are here to join forces with you and continue to make an impact and help you reach your goal of getting 100% of our student athletes that are eligible to vote registered to do so, so that their voice is heard. So truly, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thanks for all the support too. Before we reflect on our conversation with Ty and Coach Krim, we want to jump over to an interview that we did with head women's basketball coach Keela Whittington. Well, let's get started. Keela, thank you for joining us. Um, if you don't mind, just to get things started, would you uh, mind uh, sharing kind of your story and what has kind of led you to be the, the head women's basketball coach here at St. Francis University? Well, thank you. I am uh, really uh, excited about joining you today and, and sharing a little bit about me. Uh, I'm originally from Louisiana. Uh, went to Catholic school from uh, kindergarten through eighth grade, uh, attended uh, public high school in, at, at Marksville, played a few different sports, but of course basketball was my main sport. Uh, I attended Dillard University in New Orleans, Louisiana for, uh, on an academic scholarship and uh, was a walk-on on the women's basketball team. I majored in health and physical education and taught for two years in the New Orleans public school system, but I just had a, a, a feeling that that wasn't what I was being called to do. Um, I went on to grad school. I received the full fellowship to go to grad school uh, at the University of Delaware and got a taste of college basketball. I worked as a grad assistant 
with the program and decided that I now wanted to stay full-time into college coaching. And from there, uh, went to a number of different universities and always had that feeling that I wanted to be a head coach. Um, and last year in uh, March, April, when this job came open, uh, it was very important for me. Uh, I had always had the desire to, to coach at a Catholic institution and especially to be a head coach at a Catholic institution. So St. Francis um, was really a, a special place that I thought that I could make a difference. Uh, I coached for about six years at Penn State, so I was familiar with the area. And I thought that uh, from all the way around, everything that I was looking for, I thought St. Francis uh, was that type of place that that uh, could not only help me achieve my goals of becoming a head coach, but also give me an opportunity to, to impact uh, young ladies, especially, uh, you know, maybe hopefully some that, that were in the Catholic faith and, and just uh, other people here at the university. So just really, really glad to be here and be a part of uh, St. Francis. So I think I can speak for the, the athletics department and the university and probably alums with, with Sarah and I being alums of the university that we, we are excited to have you on board here. Um, it was a great first year um, with you and we look forward to, to continuing to see what you do with the program and, and we really are, are blessed to have you here at the university. So thank you very much. Thank you. Little transition, we're going to dive into kind of our main topic for the podcast today, um, getting into racial injustice in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. Um, I know you sent out a really powerful email to uh, some of the SFU community um, right after uh, Floyd's murder, um, and it included a clip from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s um, The Other America speech. And if you're okay, I'd like to pause here for just a second so that our listeners can hear it too uh, before we talk a little more about that. I think America must see that riots do not develop out of thin air. Certain conditions continue to exist in our society which must be condemned as vigorously as we condemn riots. But in the final analysis, a riot is the language of the unheard. What is it that America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear that the plight of the Negro poor has worsened over the last few years. It has failed to hear that the promises of freedom and justice have not been met. And it has failed to hear that large segments of white society are more concerned about tranquility and the status quo than about justice, equality, and humanity. And so in a real sense, our nation's summers of riots are caused by our nation's winters of delay. And as long as America postpones justice, we stand in the position of having these recurrences of violence and riots over and over again. Social justice and progress are the absolute guarantors of riot prevention. Could you share um, with us, Kilo, why this clip stood out to you and kind of what you hoped would uh, resonate with those who listened to it? But when I found the clip on um, on Twitter, it was Saturday morning. It was five days 
after George Floyd was was murdered. And and I was emotional. I was really, really emotional that morning, thinking, you know, thinking about watching the video of George Floyd being uh, murdered with, with the policeman kneeling on his neck and and then seeing all the unrest in our world at the time, all of the protests and, and the you know, turning into riots and and the looting, which, you know, doesn't have anything to do technically with the protests, but um, you know, just hearing, um, you know, in talking to different people or, or um, listening to the news, um, hearing that, that people were upset about why are, why is everybody angry? Why is everybody upset? You know, seeing those words again, the uh, systemic racism and, and uh, you know, when I saw the Martin Luther King video, it said this speech was in 1967 and, I, and my first thought was oh my god that's the year i was born and the, the speech talks about about riots and and riots are the language of the unheard uh that summers of riots are caused by winters of delay which means you know if in the summer uh they're rioting it's probably because of something else that's happened and they and they haven't been heard um, so what is it that these people haven't been heard about? What, what have, you know, what have people not listened to? Uh, and that progress will, will definitely be a guarantee um, that the riots will be prevented. So if, if in 1967, Martin Luther King, Dr. King was saying this, and now it's 2020, and we're watching this happen on live social media that this guy is getting killed. And, you know, prior to that, we heard about Breonna Taylor and then we heard about uh, Ahmaud Arbery in, in Georgia. And then the Sunday before this was um, the, the lady in Central Park with her dog and this, and this black male was asking her, just put it on a leash. And he started filming her because she was, she got upset and didn't want to put it on a leash and, and she called the cops on him, 911, to say, hey, this guy is attacking me. And he wasn't, you know. So, so all those emotions just, just got to me that morning. And I wanted to share. I began with my team. I sent it to my team. And I said, you know what? I'm on a head coach text chain. Send it to the head coaches to say, one of your coaches is hurting right now. But look, your athletes are probably hurting. And they're confused. They don't know what's happening in our country right now. And then I went on to share it with other people uh, at the university because I was in pain. I wanted to know that I was hurting, that, that, that it's 2020. And to, to see everything that was being put out there by the president of the United States, by other, other people, um, just having an opinion, because that's what you can do now with all social media and and with everything that's going on, people just want to have something to say. Like, I get, I get that you know, police are involved and medical professionals are involved, and and the military was called, and other people are getting hurt, and and why do people's stores have to be looted and things like that? But, but can you understand? Can you take back to what Dr. King is saying? Somebody's been unheard, so I'm sorry. You're gonna have to be uncomfortable for a bit. And somebody needs to be listened to. Please listen for a change, you know. And and through the years, yeah, you know, after looting and rioting and and you know, people were protesting and stuff. 
people say, yes, we're going to change, but it's 2020. It's, it's 53 years later from that speech and nothing has changed. Enough hasn't changed. Yeah, people have changed. Things have changed. Not enough. We've been unheard for too long. Our voices have been unheard. And now is the time to do it. I, I think it's a crucial time right now. Someone has to continue to stand up to let people know it. It can't happen anymore. And people are beginning to do it. Uh, you know, I've been happy to see the peaceful protest. Uh, Dr. King was a nonviolent person. So I'm happy to see that there is peace happening now, you know, almost two and a half weeks later in the protest. But, but to know that, you know, technically all my life, someone's been speaking about this, like it, it is sad. It's sad and it's very hurtful to know that things haven't changed. It hasn't changed enough. And in order for us to grow as a country, as a university here at St. Francis, as an athletic department, voices need to be heard and we have to commit to this change. It is disheartening that for, you know, more than 50 years, just from the time that, you know, King made this speech that we're in a position where those words are, are still too important, that those words are resonating too strong. Um, with the calls for justice and the calls for peace, um, you know, we're seeing it through the protests, but um, we, you know, there's a, there's a need for other actions to happen and a need to create, you know, safe spaces so that uh, voices of our, our people of color can be heard, but specifically at St. Francis for our student athletes of color. So I know that we're not too far from welcoming back our student athletes um, for their workouts and for summer classes. Um, what are kind of your hopes for the environment that we can create uh, as a department for them? I think that right now is an opportunity to listen first. Uh, I don't think that uh, the first thing our student athletes should do when they come back for the summer or even in the fall is that we say, okay, make sure all your paperwork is signed and, and let's start practicing. Like we need to have some conversations. We need to give all students an opportunity to speak out and share and be heard. Uh, and, and faculty and staff and administrators from around the campus, we all need to be involved in that conversation. If if the riots and the and and everything that's happened were the voices of the unheard, give people an opportunity to speak and share, and listen with a purpose for a change. I, I think it's an opportunity to give people an opportunity to to say what whatever it is that's on their heart, and for us to all listen, and then. Um, take positive steps to make it better, to understand uh, what's being said, and for us to move forward and take significant positive steps to make it better. Uh, for these student athletes, for our, our, our coaches, our administrators, our faculty, staff, uh, you know, one thing that, that has stood out for me in the one year that I've been here is, is that phrase that says, 
one flash, we can't be one flash if everybody's on their own page. If you're not willing to listen to, to everybody here. Um, I think, uh, you know, with when you look at the protests and everything that's going on and you see the, the diversity in that, I think that's our campus. We are a diverse campus and everybody will probably want to be on board. Everybody's going to want to do their part. And we have to give each person an opportunity to do their part. I, I want to see that, that there will be opportunity out there for, for people to be able to speak and that we make a significant change. Uh, whatever that might mean. We, if, if it's being uncomfortable, we'll be uncomfortable. If it means we have to figure out a way to stand together and come together and truly be that one flash, then, then that's what I want to see. And, and it, you know, I want to be a part of that. I want you all to be a part of that. I, wanna, I want everybody on board. We can't move forward as a university and, and use that phrase anymore if we're not. Because uh, I'm not a fake person. And, you know, I, I don't want to write that on my emails anymore. I don't want to write that on my text messages anymore if it's not true. I, I if I don't feel something, then, then I can't be a part of it. Absolutely. I, I, hear, I hear your call. And right now it is a time. There's a lot of people that need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable for a while. There's a lot that, um, you know, especially white folks need to hear right now. They need to listen, they need to learn. And I, I hear your call and I, I truly hope that as a department we can get behind that and, and truly embody what that one flash motto has all, always meant. Keila, segueing a little bit in terms of talking about that call to action. You know, one of the things that, uh, an initiative that was started by one of our men's basketball players, Ty Stewart, um, in talking with, with my brother, uh, head men's basketball coach Rob Krimmel, uh, was the initiative of Rock the Vote. Um, and the goal of getting, you know, 100% of the eligible student athletes at St. Francis registered to vote. Um, maybe share some of your thoughts about this initiative um, that, that Ty is spearheading as a, as a student athlete. Well, student athletes coming um, to St. Francis uh, will range from 18 through, you know, 20-something. And, and one way that they can show that, you know, they're adults now. Because, you know, to, to most people, when they, you know, they say, I'm, I'm 18, I'm an adult. Well, well, one right that you have as an 18-year-old is to register to vote. And one thing that is truly speaking out with, with everybody uh, that's involved in, in what's going on in our country is they want to have a voice, they want to be heard. Well, that's one way that you can have a voice and be heard. And you know, we're not saying you're, you're a Republican, you're a Democrat, you're independent. We're not telling you what to do. But if you want to say that, that I'm going to um, use my rights, because they love to tell you how many rights they have and, and what, what they can and can't do and how you can tell them what they can and can't do, or, or you can't tell me what to do, well, then register to vote and show that you're an adult. This is your first step to become an adult. And, you know, maybe, maybe hopefully other people who are already beyond the age of 18, you know, not just the freshmen in college, but hopefully other people have already used that right to vote. But this is an opportunity to let your voice be heard. Not, not to tell you like who to vote for, but let's see you make that first step to change, to, to, to give yourself an opportunity to speak out and let your voice be heard. 
And then, you know, whatever happens in those elections, then we'll have to deal with that, you know, moving forward. But, but your first uh, initiation as an adult on campus, let that be you registering the vote to show that you are really serious about uh, making life better for yourself as a, as a citizen of the United States and as a, a student here at St. Francis. I think that's a great message and a great challenge to our student athletes um, with them coming back to campus and, and really being able to show one of the ways that they can make their, their voice heard. So um, I appreciate your passion behind that and we look forward to seeing how this takes off at St. Francis and maybe it takes off across the country and, and more and more people are, are voting. So um, look forward to, to seeing how this all evolves over the coming uh, weeks and months for sure. Yeah. Thank you, Keila, truly. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and sharing your story and your thoughts. I, we're trying to understand, and I know it's a, it's a step that we'll never fully get there, but we appreciate everything, and um, we will we'll get used to being uncomfortable for a while. Well, if that's what it's going to take, then, uh, you know, let's do it. Let, let's be a part of the change that we'd like to see in the world. officially sign off on today's episode a quick recap of everything we talked about you know I think coach Whittington's emphasis on the one flash mentality um, that really resonated with me you know, I think what makes SFU so special is the cohesiveness of our community and I truly hope that we continue to embody what it means to be one flash uh, you know I hope that we continue to support our community members that are hurting right now and continue to support those that are looking to be heard um, I hope as a flash fam that we help in this journey to justice and to progress um, you know for all our flash fam members out there feeling any of the pressures from racism in our country right now. I hope that we can continue to embody what it means to be one flash for you. And Sarah, we, we've said it before and, and we'll say it again, um, that we're so proud of the amazing work that, that Ty uh, is doing. Hearing his experiences taking part in the, the peaceful protests that in Baltimore and DC are, are nothing short of inspiring. Uh, and, and Coach Colonel's reference to the, the Franciscan goals of higher education with you know, specifically mentioning the importance of respecting the uniqueness of individual persons and also bringing the story of Marie Stokes and Jack Twyman to the forefront of what we're seeing in the nation today will, will really, I think, resonate with our listeners. And Ty said it best when he, when he said he's tired of the mentality that one person um, can impact change um, because Ty is a perfect example of what one person can do to impact change. And the work he's doing with Coach Crimmel and the Rock the Vote initiative will have a tremendous impact uh, on the athletics department here at St. Francis, uh, the university, and you know across the nation as well. So I really encourage our listeners to check out our social media sites to find out how you can register to vote and also educate yourself on the, the local, state, and national elections. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. Again, I'm John. And I'm Sarah. Same time, same place. We will see you next week to get one step closer being ready for everything.